This is your alternative football show on the left side. Aguero just trying to tiptoe his way through. Sergio Aguero turns to celebrate a hat-trick. Hello, I'm Jim. How are you? You're looking lovely. Welcome to your regular wander through the fields of football funny. This show is going to be all about numbers. Kind of like a soccer sesame street. Sure, this season has already had its footballing headlines dominated by numbers. Great, big, sweaty numbers. Usually preceded by equally sweaty pounds or euro signs. The size of which would make Neymar's annual take-home salary look as insignificant as the Arsenal team's win bonuses this season. But the vast volumes of cash being spent on players and wages aren't the only numbers worth a moment of consideration right now. And so today, we're going to take a look at some of the most significant numbers this season. And when I say significant, I of course mean funny. So let's start with a little one. 14. And that 14 refers to seconds. The seconds that Leicester City squandered in the signing of Adrian Silva from Sporting Lisbon. To be honest, it's not the most embarrassing 14 seconds that I can think of, but in my defence, I was quite young and she was very attractive. But still, it ranks pretty highly. Leicester City may well have had all summer to splash £20 million on the player, but nonetheless decided to wait until the very last minute of the transfer window, and in doing so, submitted the player's registration paperwork to FIFA 14 seconds after the official deadline causing them, no doubt, to instantly regret buying Real Madrid's fax machine last season. Annoyingly for the Foxes, they do now own the player, but having failed to register him, he is unable to play for them. It's a bit like that posh crockery that your mum has for special occasions, but you're never actually allowed to eat off. He's just there, gathering dust. City are now appealing the decision, which I can only assume means turning up at the offices of FIFA, knocking on the door and begging, Let's have him. Here's a plan. Next year, they need to get so solid crew into the stadium for some kind of countdown to the deadline. That should sort it out. You got 14 seconds to go. You got 14 seconds to go. Because we forgot to know where a player's going to go. Only 14 seconds to go. So let me know. Did you see him on the team sheet? Oh, no. Did you see him on the team sheet? Oh, no. Because we forgot to know where a player's going to go. Only 14 seconds to go. So let us know. 14 seconds. Fuck, fuck, fuck. 14 seconds, fuck, 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 14 seconds, fuck, 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 14 seconds, fuck, fuck, fuck. And from 14 seconds to 40 stone. I've often sat at home pondering my own existence and wondering what the world's most highly paid footballers spend their hard earned <coughs> pennies on. And now I know. It's cake. Carlos Tevez, who is currently winding out his football career over in China on a mere £634,000 a week, has recently been piling on the pounds around his waist and not just into his bank account. Forget about helicopters, hookers, hotel suites and horses, the Argentinian is spending his hard-earned cash on hot roast beef sandwiches. Since his arrival at Shanghai Shenhua in March, Tevez has managed just two goals in 12 games, showing the kind of form that probably means West Ham will no doubt try and re-sign him in the January transfer window. Although he probably won't even get the chance to improve on that pathetic tally, with new head coach Wu Jinghai saying Tevez won't feature again until he loses some weight. I need to be responsible to the team and to the players. When you are on the pitch, if you can't play at 100%, 
then it is completely meaningless. Is that a bit racist? You know, the, the Mr. Chinaman voice? You sure? All right, then. Wu is the man in town replacing Gus Poye, who quit his job last week, presumably fearing that Tevez was going to try and eat him. But to be fair to Tevez, I've done some maths and I reckon you could buy around 214 million spring rolls a year for what he's currently earning out in China. And what right-thinking man wouldn't see that kind of stat as a bigger challenge than playing football in the Chinese Super League? But even Tevez's Chinese hors d'oeuvres bill pales into comparison with our next number, a whopping £775 million. That is the current cost of Tevez's former employers, Manchester City's current squad, after the club have been on a spending spree over the last few seasons, similar to that of Colleen Rooney in Selfridges with the joint credit card this weekend. Research group CIES have worked out that City's current crop of superstars cost just £3 million more than that of fellow natural resources funded footballers PSG. No wonder Pep Guardiola couldn't afford Johnny Evans. It's the kind of spending that no doubt will prompt their red neighbours to go down the route of saying something like All that spending and they still can't fill a stadium. Call yourselves a big club. Yet our final number could give the Blues a little ammunition in return. There were a fair few on social media this week that pointed out the number of red seats on show at Old Trafford as they beat Basel 3-0 in the Champions League last week. Tweets like this one from Sean Dunn underscore 94. Loads of empty seats at Old Trafford tonight. You won't hear about it because it's United and only City ever have empty seats. Hashtag Bellends. Hashtag Bellend. The official attendance has not been confirmed by United as yet, but when it is, you may want to take what's reported with a pinch of salt. You see, this isn't the first time that the mighty Manchester United have been a little cagey about the number of people coming through the turnstiles at the Theatre of Dreams. We sent Agent Ant from on the left side to find out more. Thanks, Jim. I've just been handed the official figures, and according to Manchester United, 73,854 people attended this game. Now, Old Trafford has a capacity of 75,635, which would suggest there was only around 1,750 empty seats, yet independent reports estimate there was as many as 15,000 empty seats at kickoff. Well, this isn't the first time United have claimed to have a near-full stadium, despite what everyone can see with their own eyes. The most blatant example of this was four years ago when United played Romanian side Cluj-Napoca in the Champions League. Now, the police keep their own records for crowd safety, and they counted 46,894 people at that game. Yet United claimed there was another 25,000 people in the stadium. Reports suggest that United calculate attendance by counting people who have tickets as being at the game, even if they don't actually attend the game, despite the figure of attendance being called attendance. Of course, there's always the possibility that United's figures are actually correct, and in fact, they just have a lot of fans who like to attend the games dressed as a seat. Wowzers. I mean, I know United is run by the Americans nowadays, but could it be with that kind of information reporting that Donald Trump has actually snuck into the United board? 
throwing out fake news, exaggerating attendance records to make himself seem more popular than previous board members, and demanding that United build a wall every time there's a free kick in their own half. I can only dream that one day that would be the case. Because let's face it, if Trump was going to be involved in Manchester United, there is no way he would be a silent board member and he would be front and centre at every opportunity. And man, that would be magical. We played some three men football. We won the game, okay guys? Uh, we have literally billions and billions of fans in the stadium. Thank you so much. There is no debate. We won. We won. It's over. We won. Make United great again. That's it. I'm done. We're done. The numbers are done. What? Oh, 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 oh. That's how Sesame Street reference. We'll be back on Thursday with another fresh episode. So make sure you've subscribed to this podcast via whatever listening thingy you use. And also make sure you've followed us on Twitter, at on the left side, on whatever Twitter thingy you use. But until then, bye-bye. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson for Abrupt Audio. To find out more about podcasting or to get help with your own podcasts, head over to abruptaudio.com forward slash help.